Welcome to Where Leaders Connect. It's a Corporate Connections podcast where every week we sit down with one of the incredible men and women that make up our membership and explore a little bit about what makes them unique and what drives them and their business choices. My name is Trevor Botkin. I am the National Director of Corporate Connections Canada. And today I am joined by an incredible co-host and friend and one of our Corporate Connections Toronto members, Ms. Heather Arthur. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Trevor. It is so great to be here talking to our members, and we have a really special guest here with us today. We have Darren, who is the founder and CEO of 33.7, which is a wealth creation boutique firm. And he specializes in insurance solutions that propel and preserve wealth now and into people's future. Here is an exciting fact about Darren. He has a master's degree in economics from the London School of Economics, and he has a distinguished international career that ranges from Tokyo to New York City. Here is what I know about Darren, and I know him personally, so I can tell you for a fact that he can simplify any complex mathematical equation to make it simple and easy and show you how to build wealth. Welcome, Darren. Thank you, Trevor. We have some great questions for you today, Darren. We can't wait to get started. Darren, the first question I have for you is, what is your view on the insurance industry and where is it going next? Oh, well, firstly, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to be here. It's great to see you again, Heather and Trevor, as usual, at pleasure. I'm really excited to chat to you guys for the next couple of minutes. Um, where is the insurance industry going? So obviously a fantastic question. Um, I think that the industry as a whole is doing exceptionally well from a uh, from a perspective of helping people understand how to create wealth. So in insurance, there's two different kinds. There's sort of term insurance and then there's this permanent whole life situation. So let's concentrate on the permanent whole life or the, uh, the solution that actually helps you to financially structure your future and all that good stuff. So it's gone from strength to strength. The products are very robust. It's doing extremely well um, from a new product perspective, as well as with the advent of COVID and all that good stuff. Um, we now can actually docu-sign things, and we've moved from the archaic wet signature era to something more exciting, which is doing everything online. So now we don't even have to meet clients face-to-face. We can do everything through Zoom and all that good stuff, and that's been exceptionally good. Um, so our reach has actually increased uh, whereas we used to have to fly or drive to people, now we can Zoom and get solutions in place for them. Um, and just to finish with the question, as the tax regime in countries around the world become more and more restrictive, um, it's very difficult for entrepreneurs to actually come up with solutions that can save them um, tax. Um, and life insurance is one of those things. So we are we're pretty keen to keep the industry going. Um, we have a good handle on uh, on helping folks and uh, you know paying a little bit less tax for the entrepreneur, which is basically the backbone of the entire economy. Darren, on that point, is there a point for an entrepreneur when they're either building their business or they're they're creating a company? Is there a point when it starts to make more sense than another to to talk to you or somebody else uh, like you? I think so. I think it, um, it's it's very simple when you have corporate retained earnings um, that you are starting to stockpile. So, you know, you've had a couple of good years, et cetera, et cetera. You've got half a million bucks sitting in your checking account or a million bucks, whatever the case may be, and you're trying to get that money out of your corporation and pay no tax, or you're trying to get your wealth to the next level. So you want to go out and buy real estate. Um, you want to go 
buy a massive plant and you want to use financing, et cetera, et cetera. There is a level of sophistication required. Um, it also takes, it takes money. So these things are not, they don't take 50 grand. Like they take millions of dollars to set up. So you do need uh, the wherewithal to do them. So once your corporate retained earnings hit, hit about 500,000 um, and you're on a semi-stable trajectory, I say semi-stable because I'm an entrepreneur as well and cash flow is always a, a bit of a nightmare, up, down, left, right, sense of the whole thing. But if you can sort of see the next five years and go, yeah, I think we're in a stable runway and uh, we've got half a million in the bank and we need to get to the next level, then it's a good time to sort of start thinking about um, that transition into, all right, the big boy time where you want to actually really accelerate your growth in business. Darren, one of the things that I'd love to find out a little bit more about is who you are as a leader and your values. And one thing that I know about is that you love to travel. So can you let me know, how does travel influence yourself and your business decisions? Right, absolutely. Um, so, yes, being an avid traveler, I spent, I've been to nine zeros and so 90 countries around the world. I've lived in six different countries for over two years at a stretch. Uh, originally from South Africa, my parents were big travelers. I got to travel about pretty early. Um, and I remember my father clearly saying to me that it's better to travel than go to school. So they used to take me out of school quite regularly and put me on trips and take me me all over the world. And I think that to a large extent, that was quite true. Uh, it gives you a global perspective. It gives you perspective on, you know, if you have a bad day, you can think about you know, going to a third world country and think about what their bad day looks like compared to your bad day. So it gives you insight and perspective um, onto things, the global issues that actually matter. So I like traveling, obviously, it broadens your horizons and all that kind of good stuff. And it, it's just it's food for my soul. I really do enjoy seeing new cultures, new things, new people, different environments. Um, and I think it adds to um, my overall macro perspective that you know, ultimately things go wrong, but you know, shit doesn't really matter. You can always fix it. And uh, being myopically focused on first world problems is annoying. Like There's a lot of really crazy stuff out there that you know, I've always said if you can fix it with money, it's not a problem because all you need to find is money. But if you have you know, cancer, heart attack, stroke, it's kind of hard to fix that stuff up. So it gives me perspective and I love to travel and hence I don't like to work very much. I like to travel more than work. <laughs> don't we all like to travel more than work? Exactly. What, what were some of the choices that led you down this path? Like in terms of, uh, now I know there's a lot of people who sell insurance, but everything that you've set up in terms of 33.7 is a bit of a, I wouldn't say it's a shift, but it's not in a traditional model of, of how most people set up their insurance company. What were some of the decisions that went into how you've built this business and how you've set it up? Sure. So, um, A, we don't sell insurance. We're financial structurers. So we structure different products and plans together, uh, to create exponential wealth. Um, and whether it was, you know, like if I could structure three scoops of ice cream and have the same result, I'd be selling ice cream. It's just at the moment, the only thing that's available in Canada and most of the world is, you know, highly convoluted life insurance to which Heather's point is I can explain complicated shit to regular people quite quickly. Um, so what I realized was, well, I worked on Wall Street for 10 years. I was in Tokyo five years, New York five years, three degrees in mathematics, blah, blah, blah. And I realized I didn't want to do that forever because it's a little bit, well, it's just a little bit boring really to 
to spend my entire life working. So I made a very conscious decision early on in my career that I wanted to build a business that was purely lifestyle, that would make me millions of dollars a year, but I didn't really work, want to work hard at all. But I had to sacrifice two things. The two things I sacrificed and I knew it was a conscious decision was first, my business is not scalable, cannot scale my business. And two, my business is not saleable. I cannot sell my business for one reason and one reason only. I can't sell me and I can't make another one of me, right? So what I said was I can either build an insurance business and then a business would then be sold for $100 million when I'm 70 years old and I can barely put one leg on my trousers on at a time. And then it's a, yeah. So I wait my entire life. I worked I know, 100 hours a week and I sell my business for $100 million. That's option A, which I didn't want. Or I can make a million bucks a year for the next 50 years, every single year, work I don't know, one hour a week, two hours a week, and live an incredible life with an incredible family, wonderful children, amazing wife, et cetera, et cetera. So I made a very conscious decision to not wait my entire life for the exit. I wanted to make a shitload of money quickly and consistently. So that's what I what I chose. Darren, that's a really interesting philosophy and kind of goes against the grain of the normal nine to five, Monday to Friday, doing the grind. So how do you structure your team to support that kind of business? Absolutely. So I, I find that everything I do not want to do is beautiful as a job description. So everything I don't want to do, I write down on a piece of paper, and then I hand that piece of paper to a human being who then goes and finds humans that love doing what I wrote on that piece of paper. So I don't call it delegation. I call it elevation. I'm elevating my incompetent actions to someone who is highly competent in that area. Let's use expense reports for or travel and expense, whatever. Anything that I'm hiring, firing, expenses, Excel work, all the stuff that I don't want to do, I simply give it to someone else who loves doing that. And thereby, they're working in their unique ability. So my unique ability is is extremely limited. I can simplify extremely complicated mathematical and structural anomalies in finance. And two, I'm really good at chatting to folks and getting them comfortable with these highly complicated concepts. If it falls out of that scope, I simply elevate it to someone who's more skilled than me and can do something that I do not want to do. So I have... I don't know, three people support me, four, four, three, four, depending, um, of which I've only met one. The other three are in the Philippines, Love, lovely people, apparently. Um, and they just support every single thing I don't want to do. Hence, my value add and my unique ability is 100% prevalent at all times. So I do not waste any time on stuff I suck at because I give it to people that are better than me. I love that distinction of elevation, not delegation. That is a quotable moment for you, Darren. I am stealing that completely. Please do. There's a whole bunch in there. I mean, you know, there's a couple of book titles, probably not doing stuff I suck at. <laughs> As you kind of look at the next 12 months, we're, we're almost done one year. We're heading into another year. Um, and maybe as, as you take a moment to look back, what's something that you really wish you would figure it out earlier? Like what is one thing that you feel right now you're, you're, you, you're rocking all cylinders on that you wish you would come to sooner? I wish I'd come to virtual sooner. Um, I, I, I just wish, I know it sounds kind of weird, but I wish COVID was 20 years ago. 
because then maybe, maybe maybe then we don't have the technology. But virtual has revolutionized my business. The the mere fact that you can actually go through your entire life and not meet an insurance salesman that makes for a good life. You know, you don't really want to meet me. Like it's not it's not that interesting. But looking at me on Zoom. That's quite fantastic because I'm far away, right? So there we go. So the the best thing, and I wish it had happened sooner, was we figured out virtual faster. That would have been good um, because now I no longer drive anywhere. I live in the country, so I don't have to deal with the city nonsense. So it's good. So there we go. I just wish I went virtual faster. That's all. Beautiful. That's a great answer. Thanks. Darren, we're coming to the end of this podcast, but it is just the beginning of 2022. What are you most excited about that's going to happen in both your personal life and in your business? So very, very excited um, that the love of my life, Jess, my wife, and my three incredible boys, we're moving onto a 103-acre farm on uh, January the 28th. And uh, we're going to be growing all sorts of food. I'm going to buy a tractor. Um, I ordered a Defender, which is a side-by-side. I hope I'm not going to drive it into the creek too often. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to farming and basically not farming like real farming because that's a lot of work. And obviously my penchant for not doing work is clear on this presentation. Um, But just being in the country, in nature, with my wonderful wife and kids is going to be absolutely the best thing in my 45 years on this planet. I cannot wait. And you're all invited to come and spend some time at the farm with us, playing with asparagus and onions and garlic and other bits and pieces. So there we go. That's what I'm looking for for 2022. I love it. That is so exciting. And I'm going to bring my 4x4 into your land and we're going to do some racing. That'll be fantastic. The more 4x4s, the better. Is it weird that I just want to drive the tractor all day? No, that's awesome. You And you can. There's a lot of land to be plowed and graded and stuff. So Trev, anytime you want to come, free labor is always welcome. Beautiful. Well, Darren, thank you so much for joining us today. It's uh, 15 minutes is definitely not enough time. Um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully anyone listening to this gets a real sense of not just uh, how intelligent you are, but how... Uh, much thought has gone into your business and how you help others uh, really accomplish their dreams. It's not just about making money. It's about what do they want to accomplish and how quickly do they want to accomplish as opposed to waiting till retirement. Forget it. Use the money now. And also don't forget, if there is a, a beautiful sweater competition, can you please enter my magnificent polar bears into that said sweater? Oh, you're, you're definitely, you're out way ahead in winning that competition. I, I think yeah. so. So, yeah. Any cash prizes just sent to charity, but uh, send me the accolades for the uh, appropriately dressed polar bears of the North. Aaron, every time we're together, I just learned so much from you. Not only the quotable moments from our conversation today, but you are rocking those polar bears on your sweater. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. My pleasure. On behalf of the entire community, thank you, Darren, and to my great and incredible co-host, Heather. Thank you for joining me today. Until the next time, this is where leaders connect.